Welcome to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. This is John Hennigan, and we also have Frank, our perennial host, co-host. Uh, Frank has got, uh, he's taking some pain pills today, so if he sounds a little uh, uh, little strange, uh, apparently he's got some back issues, so uh, anyway. Uh, but I'm here. But you're here. <laughs> you come through for me, Frank. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see what we got going on here. Oh, um, well, let's see, we're... You know, I'm not sure if we're sold out or not for the uh, July trip, because we were sold out. Then they found an extra room, and somebody said they wanted it, but they haven't got back with me for sure. So it may be available if you want to check in. And that is um, July 24th to the 29th at Clover Pass Resort in Ketchikan, Idaho. Uh, 1850 What a deal. I mean, you, you know. You go to Alaska. Normally, you figure a thousand dollars a day for go to a resort in Alaska. This is eighteen fifty for four days fishing, five nights. Uh, you know, but you know, we just we're generous, right, Frank? We give stuff yeah, away. Yeah, we we do a really good job on our trips. And don't forget the one day we can go up and fish the salmon in the lake. Oh, uh, Lake Ward. When I was up there shortly, what's beautiful. And that you're going to take your fly rod for, Frank. Yeah, I'm going to bring about three or four ten weights for. Uh, well, this one, we, I don't know if you need a ten weight or not because it's uh, it's fresh water. Uh, yep. They do have uh, some pinks in there, but you know they're only like you know probably four to eight pounds. So, yeah, but, six weights uh, would be ideal with the pinks yeah. or an eight weight. But yeah. I'd bring it to tens just in case the silvers are starting to move up. Well, that would be in salt water then. Okay. Yeah. But uh, alrighty. Well, we're going to have to get back and get serious about this in a minute. But if anybody's interested, um, we got the trip in September for 850 bucks to uh, um, Los Bariles and East Cape. So let us know if you're interested at all. Get in touch. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com and you should be able to figure out how to get in touch with us. So we're going to be right back in just a couple minutes. ago, a sailor set out to design a boat shoe that was comfortable and stable, non-skid, and wouldn't mark the decks. Today, these incredibly comfortable shoes are worn by anglers, boaters, professional guides, and charter captains. Go to softscience.com to see more. Soft Science shoes and boots are lightweight and shock absorbent with just the right level of support. Several styles come in all sizes. Enjoy the Soft Science shoe in the water and out. Check them out at softscience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real fun adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real fun trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. 
If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed-cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. The road stretches for miles in front of you. And with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway. So your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 mpg highway based on V6 4x2. Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan. And, of course, we have Frank on the line with us. Who's, uh, <laughs> I, I know you have a smile on your face with those uh, um, high-powered drugs you're taking there, Frank, for your uh, back pain. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. <laughs> okay. And we have, you know, one of the um, important tools for outdoors is getting there. Uh and what better way to get there than, <laughs> obviously, in a Jeep or, you know, some of the uh, crossover, and, you know, the, the, the products that, uh, um, that, that are coming out of the Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Fiat, Alfa Romero, and that whole automotive group. Uh, but I don't think Alpha does Alpha make an SUV yet or an XCV? Yeah, well, yeah, I know. The Alpha Romeo absolutely makes a, just a killer. They just We just launched it about, I don't know, six months ago. It's called the Stelvio. It's named after a pass in Italy, the Stelvio Pass. Uh huh. Um, you know, it's uh, it's a phenomenal SUV. Um, <laughs> just and and with Alpha, it, it, it's truly an SUV that's made for the curves. I mean, it's a handling SUV. It's it's it may not be. It's not as boxy as you is is some um, sport utilities, but man. Is it a pleasure to drive? So, <laughs> Talk about an oxymoron, an Alfa Romero SUV. That's great. Hey, there's Ferrari, there's Ferrari, you know, kind of uh, <laughs> yeah. utilitarian vehicles. You, I mean, honestly, we, we've talked a little bit about off the air, but, you know, these these uh, utility vehicles, you know, Bentley has one. Rolls-Royce just showed Whoa. I mean, it's, it's 
consumers want it. You well, know, yeah, they, that's where they, the demand is now, isn't it? They, people thought Porsche was crazy when oh, yeah. Porsche, Porsche came out with a Cayenne, mm-hmm. you know, a dozen years ago. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, people resoundingly want SUVs and, and, mm-hmm. and kind of this new crossover that we call a CUV. Mm-hmm. Well, as I said, as I, I remember back uh, in the you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, and even in the 90s where you get these you know, cars with a long hood, a huge trunk, um, and they carry you know, five people. But you know, they weighed <laughs> tons, literally. And, you know, the passenger compartment was just this little thing stuck in the middle of it. But now the passenger compartment takes up the entire vehicle, and it just it just makes sense. I think, in, uh, just, I think Chrysler was one of the first ones that came out with, uh, with, uh, with the minivan, and it made perfectly good sense. Yeah, you change the packaging, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's, uh, that's kind of what happened. You, you change, change the complete package. On you know how the engine sits and and the passenger compartment, and you come up with a much more efficient, mm-hmm. usable um, vehicle. And that's yeah, SUVs, you know, minivans. You could look at you look at a lot of the characteristics that you see in the in the utility market, and yeah, a lot, you can trace that back to to that original minivan from the early '80s. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, and getting there is half the fun, right? Especially in a Jeep. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're actually they, you know, more recently I've got, I'm paying more attention to the uh, to the Rubicon. I mean, that is that um, that's the roots. I mean, that that you know, it it's it looks like and acts like a real Jeep. Right. Well, that uh, you know, kind of talking about CUVs and SUVs, the the new Rubicon, the new Wrangler Rubicon 2018, we call it a JL. Um, next generation Wrangler. Um, you know, we sold almost thirty thousand units in April, um, which is about what you know the the top selling cars in the market. Wow! Sell. The, the Honda Accord, the Toyota Camry sell around thirty thousand units a month. Wow! Um, the Nissan Altima, and we sold thirty thousand Wranglers. Um, you know, which is a body on frame, very capable SUV. You know. Forty-five hundred pounds. I think I think it's forty-five hundred pounds of towing capability. Maybe thirty-five hundred. I don't know the numbers exactly, but unbelievable capability. Um, it, but it shows you that it, the, the the refinement on road. That vehicle is very good to live with on a daily basis. It's mm-hmm. better than it ever has been. Um, and that just goes to show you as as SUVs and CUVs get better uh, from a refinement standpoint. Yeah, from a but, it, but standpoint. it's but it's still very macho. Right, right. But, but, but. I got a, go ahead, Frank. I got a good question for you. All right. If you had any amount of money to spend, which SUV would you personally buy? I don't want to put you on a bad spot, but overall, what, what one gives you the biggest bang for the buck? Hey, so right now, and and, and I and I'll absolutely admit that. First off, I'm a truck person. I like trucks. I like so do I. I like, I like sitting up. Um, I like the strength of trucks. Um, I have to admit, and, and yes, I'm biased here, but the new the new Jeep Wranglers are are unbelievable for still being a truck, for still having that big command of the road, and then the off road capability. I did a portion of the Rubicon Trail over the weekend in my in my stock 2018 JL Rubicon. Amazing what it will do. But then when I was done with the trail, you know. 
you unlock the lockers, you know, you, you connect the sway bar and you take it out of four low and I can drive 80 miles an hour down the freeway. Um, and so what we've done with this new Jeep is, is to me, is mind-blowing. That now, it, Scott, you said you can drive 80, but that doesn't mean you do, right? Oh, I do all day long. All, all day. He's like me. Only has two speeds, dead stop or full bore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so honestly, for a vehicle that, that, that can do just amazing things off-road, and the top comes off, and the doors come off, and the windshield goes down, right? So it's, it's the world's largest four-door convertible. Um, and, and, and what it can do off-road, but then you can—it's still comfortable. You put the tops back on, you put it in two-wheel drive, um, and it's very livable on-road. So right now, that—that's that, honestly, I told someone it's—it's it's the best all-round vehicle I've ever driven. Um, if I had to have one vehicle and I could only have one vehicle, mm-hmm. you know, that's what it would be. Hmm. Um, but uh, that's today. I mean, my my my, I go up and down, but. The reality is, is yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff out there. There's a flavor for for anything that somebody wants. Well, I'm going to mention before we you know get past it, is that uh, the conference that I went to about a month ago, and you were nice enough to give me a a uh, uh, a truck to drive up and back in, and man, I gotta say, <laughs> <laughs> trucks today are not what they used to be. They're not. No. They're not. But, but that same trend that you're seeing in the CUV market and in the SUV market, which is, which is refinement, which is a nice interior, which is a great infotainment system, which is the safety, which is the fuel economy, you know, all of that stuff used to just be for cars, for passenger cars. And all of that, all of that fuel economy technology is migrating to trucks and SUVs, and that's why that Ram truck is unbelievable, right? Um, whether it's one of the best radio units in the in the in the in the country to to some great fuel economy, um, yeah, that that truck, the new 2019 Ram trucks, Ram 1500 trucks are pretty amazing. Yeah, well, I keep trying. Instead of letting me borrow one for a week, you had to give me one. <laughs> You know, you just need to you just need to not be home when we come to pick it up. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But uh, no, that that is it's so comfortable. Um, you know, I like being in a truck. First of all, um, I don't like being behind a truck when you're in a small car and you can't see over it or around it. But uh, when you're sitting there and you're you're in a comfortable position, and I think that the truck puts you in, you know, instead of back in like an easy chair, which is not all that comfortable for, over a long period of time, um, and then you know it's just uh, you know in all the the safety electronics. And by the way, I could even figure out how to use that stuff. So it must be simple to use. That's right. It's yeah. getting better, right? It's, yeah. It, it's got to yeah. be. It's got to be. You got to be have kind of. It's got to be intuitive. And yeah. we we really try in our vehicles, mm-hmm. especially with our UConnect, which is our mm-hmm. infotainment head unit. Mm-hmm. We try to make it intuitive. We try okay. to make it so there's a redundancy of buttons. That yeah, you have this yeah. beautiful screen, big screen. Yep. But then you also have quick okay. buttons and knobs. Well. Scott, we're going to have to cut you loose, but okay. I appreciate that, and thanks for the loan of the truck. All right. Uh, and hope some people learned a few things. Get out and try one of those Rubicons. You're going to love it. Yeah, and it's please. just it just looks so sexy, I guess is the best way to put it. But anyway, thank you, Scott. We'll be right. talking to you soon. You're listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio.
The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundo's Del Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code Fish Talk for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we have, of course, we have Frank. That's uh, uh, actually Frank. You sounded pretty good for somebody that's that's been just been taking oxycodone. <laughs> yeah, who well, knows what for your back? I'm upright, and yeah. I was laying in bed all last night and this mm-hmm. morning, but mm-hmm. I'm up and around now. Good, good. And we have. Uh, you know, I like to think of an old friend, because he's a young man, is uh, Captain Phil Thompson. And he's our Cuba, doing, John? He's our Cuba connection. 
Yeah. And, uh, Cuba Connection. There you go. <laughs> I, am the, really? I am the Bonefish and Tarpon Trust Conservation Captain of Cuba. It's just <laughs> I took very seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? You've been... Well, you know, we want to talk about Cuba, but personally, you've been involved in some things that I think are, um, well, I, I, how would you describe it? They're um, uh, humanitarian efforts um, to conserve and to teach. And can you give us a bit of an idea about some of the things that you are doing, Frank or uh, Phil? Yeah, what, what, um, it's actually the brainchild of one of the head guide in um, Zapata Swamp. Zapata Swamp is about twice the size of the Florida Everglades, and it's absolutely pristine. And the head guide, Felipe Alonzo, has been uh, educating young people in the towns of Playa Larga and Highway Grande in such things as fly casting, fly tying. Um, but his main goal is to inject a um, an environmental lesson in there. Send them home with the idea, hey, look, Dad, don't go out there and poach bonefish because these people will pay a lot of money to come down and catch them. So we've taken his idea a step further and recruited some marine biologists from the University of Georgia. And this summer we will hope to set up our first classroom there where these students will actually learn how to take water samples, um, establish a baseline for the swamp as far as pollution, and also to be able to do bird and fish traps. Wow. Uh, well, and where does this take place? This is actually about two and a half hours south, uh, southwest of Havana, or mm-hmm. southeast of Havana, mm-hmm. in the Zapata Swamp, which is uh, the Zapata Park, the Zapata Biosphere, and the Zapata Aquatic Preserve, which encompasses just a huge area, which surrounds the Bay of Pigs, which we all know from uh, from the uh, 1960s. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cuba's, you know, you know, especially the last few years, have been um, very interested. It just sounds like such a great place, and everybody that's been there comes back with pretty much the same stories. You know, the people. Um, you know the, um, the the beauty and and apparently uh, Fidel was uh, quite a conservationist. Now, yes, he was. But yeah. uh, you know, the, the, apparently the the fact of the matter was he wanted to conserve it for himself, <laughs> not for the general public. <laughs> but but he well, still but he set did, aside. He yeah, did just like just like the um, the artist that does the wood carvings that I showed you. Um, he goes out and he has a license and he cuts the tree out of the preserve itself. He doesn't. He does one tree every six months or something, but when he cuts a tree, he plants one. And um, that, that's a, something that was ingrained to, to most of the Cubans uh, from Fidel. I mean, one of the first things he did in Cuba when he took over was start replanting um, forests, you know, forests that had been uh, just decimated by the um, sugar people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and now you've got about twenty five percent of the land and almost twenty percent of the uh, coastlines lie in biospheres, parks, and preserves. So the 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 basis is there if we can just get them monitored and um, patrolled. Yeah. Do they get to fish on that? Uh, some of the Preserve? salt water preserves, right? 
do they get to fish on some of the, uh, the preserves, preserves for salt water? Yes, yes. The preserves are actually, but all the preserves, the major ones, are all uh, home to one charter company or another. So, and that's your question. The average Cuban, no, cannot afford to fish there. They're allowed to, but they can't afford to pay the price. Oh. Um, but they still benefit by fishing on the areas outside of the parks where the park serves replenishment zones, much like we have in Key West. Mm-hmm. Well, tell us about the fishing in, in, in Cuba. Uh, you know, what? obviously, it's, uh, you know, it'd be similar, but you'd find in Mexico and the Caribbean, um, you know, with the, uh, with the billfish and Dorado. And, but give us an idea about uh, uh, Cuba and what is it that's popular to fish for there? Well, we uh, just finished the Hemingway Marlin Tournament, the uh, 68th annual. Uh, we didn't have a lot of boats. We had 17 boats, but we released 28 um, blue marlin, white marlin sails. Mm-hmm. It was a fairly slow tournament because the current was not good. And also, the we had a front moving through, which had the barometer jumping up and down. Mm-hmm. Still, there, there, there were fish caught. So um, that's... Does they say the water was a little cooler then? Well, no. What happened is that the barometer starts jumping up and down, and the billfish, most fish don't like that. Oh. Settle down. But the beauty of fishing offshore in Cuba is on the north side is you're only fishing a half mile from shore most of the time, mm-hmm. sometimes a mile. It's just the fish are right in there. You don't have to do any travel time, and that's one thing I like about it. Yeah. And, of course, you have Havana in the background. It's kind of neat, the Morro Castle, and the skyline of Havana is in the background. So it's it's, it's kind of a, an interesting place to fish. Oh. So and, and, you know, the, what you're saying is that fishing just right outside of Havana is the, is the place to go. Yeah. And uh, someone had said something the other day about deep dropping. Uh, the few people who do deep drop in Cuba catch phenomenal fish, I mean, because it's but swordfish absolutely, totally, totally been um, unexplored. Oh, well, how deep is deep? Oh, anywhere from, well, for swordfish, you'd like to be about 15 to 1,700. Whoa, um, feet? Yeah, some of the wreck fish we get down to 2,000. Wow. <laughs> Man, can you imagine trying to bring a fish up from, you know, a 200-pound fish from that depth? Well, we use electric reels. That's the only do it. Takes, there you go. Sometimes it takes three or four minutes to drop the line down that far. Yeah. But we use six hooks, and uh, you get six clean snapper, black, uh, yellow-eyed snapper, tilefish, mystic grouper. I mean, it's it's a phenomenal fishery. And those yeah, fish have never been yellow-eyed. They're more snapper. Yeah, they're more like your cold water fish. They taste a lot better. Yeah, wow, a yeah. lot, lot better. <laughs> it's an electric reel, man. You need a winch for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you use linger reels or everybody's. Now what they're doing, most of the sport fishing boats in the Caribbean are carrying um, electric reels to pull their dredges, uh, their teaser dredges. So they just buy something that's suitable for deep dropping as well. So when they're in an area that the fish is slow, yeah. Well, well, that's you know that's uh, for anywhere. That's that's pretty deep. So how deep is the water? If you and so two thousand feet is your fishing, your bottom fishing. Yeah, you can you can get off of that really fairly uh, not too far, and you're in fourteen thousand feet. Fourteen thousand. Yeah. 
God. You can, you can throw a rock off the beach at Koyamara with where Hemingway used to keep his boat. Yeah. And, um, you know, you don't have to be Tim Tebow to throw a rock and, and land in a thousand feet of water. Wow. Oh, it just, there is no coastal shelf there at all. It's oh. Amazing. Well, I know Marlon liked to kind of travel in deep water, but, but deep, you know, that, you know, we're talking like 500 or a thousand feet, but, uh, man, that's incredible. <laughs> I had no idea. Well, there are certain there are spots there though that that do bring them that they do congregate. One area is right outside of, of Havana Harbor uh-huh. when you have an outgoing tide and it pushes the bait out, and that's that's what we call the Hemingway Mile. Oh. That was his favorite spot to fish, and it's very productive. And it still still works. They're still pushing bait up there. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The only um, the only competition you have there are some of the Cuban longliners, and by by our standards, longliner, they don't really qualify. Oh, if they have a hundred. If they have a hundred hooks on the line, that's a lot. Instead of a thousand, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hmm. Well, but let's they get did, it. They do, they do kill the white and blues, and they do sell them and eat them. Oh, well, we're gonna we're gonna have to get going here, but you know we've got a trip together uh, for. Uh, um, Alaska Clover Pass in July, and we're putting one together for Baja in September. But you and I were talking earlier about trying to get a trip to Cuba together. And, you know, apparently the fishing, just like everywhere else, when the water's cool, the fishing isn't that great. But I'm just wondering if we could do something maybe uh, in uh, uh, the winter or maybe even in the spring. Well, so keep we, in mind now that the, the Gulf Stream is a fairly constant temperature, and that's what really controls that North Shore water. Mm-hmm. That's what the Marlins are in. They're in the Gulf Stream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it moves in and out several miles at a time. But any time it moves inshore, the fishing is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Marlins aren't there, then you've got the, the Dorado and you've got the Tuna. Mm-hmm. And we catch some really nice yellowfin tuna there as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh, well, well, we'll we'll have to look into that, and obviously, if we're going to do anything, it'll be with you because uh, you're the you're the Cuban expert. Yeah, yeah just and, let me know. And do you do yeah, any trips? Do you do any trips yourself, um, Captain oh, Phil? Oh yeah. And you go to Captain Phil Thompson. CaptainPhilThompson dot com. C A P T. Phil Thompson dot com. And uh, check that out. And also get up some. He's, he's a great writer too. Very interesting. But uh, oh, thank you very much. Okay, appreciate that. Okay, Phil, we got to go. Uh, we'll get you back on soon, and let's talk about getting something going to Cuba. You are listening, I'm in. There you go. <laughs> Frank's in. Okay, you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. FishHuntTalkRadio.com, and listen to the show as many times as you want. Thanks, Phil. The soft science footbed absorbs the shock of pounding waves, engine vibration, and even rocky terrain. Soft science shoes are roomy and relaxed, and they drain and dry quickly. Check out the soft science fin fishing shoes and boots and the fin H2O for kayaking and canoeing. They're lightweight, slip resistant, and won't mark your deck. See the new styles for men and women and get your pair on at softscience.com. 
It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real fun adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real fun trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month, and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com, and start getting your packages every month. This is John, and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal, and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. Alaskan RV Butler, guiding, fishing, hiking, sightseeing, adventure. The Alaskan RV Butler, like a cruise on wheels in the comfort of an RV, view the wonders of Alaskan interior, streams, ocean, and wildlife, or fish for the big one, all while pampered by Mike, the Alaskan RV Butler. Mike's inclusive tours serve butter-drenched shellfish and mouthwatering steaks. Mike is your personal chef, chauffeur, guide, and planner. And for the real Alaska, contact MikeRVButler at gmail.com. That's MikeRVButler at gmail.com. Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan. And then we also have uh, our, gosh, I can't ever figure it out if he's coast or co-host or part-time host. or. Uh, but we got Frank on the line with this, and Frank's a little, a little under the weather. He's uh, feeling pretty good right now because he's, he's all drugged up. <laughs> but he's had some problems with his spine. But he's, he's hanging in there tight. And we also... Um, have a very special guest. We have Andrew Hard with the uh, owner-operator of Freedom Boat Club, and he's up. he operates out of Huntington Beach, but they're all over the world. And it's... Uh, what a great concept, isn't it, Frank? You oh, just, it's uh, one of the best things I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And it, it, he will tell you, I was so 
asking so many questions that I was really, I'm a, a pest. tough yeah. cr- nut <laughs> yeah. to crack. Yeah. Was it I? Yeah. <laughs> you were, you, you were. You were tough. I yeah. three times. To well, let's let's down, let, 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 let's picture this. Okay, you've got a choice. You can spend fifty, a hundred thousand dollars for a boat, and these days it's easy to do. I mean, just a uh, you know a pair of outboards will cost you fifty grand, but. Uh, you can spend that plus the insurance, plus the SIP fees, uh, plus the maintenance, plus, 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 plus. Um, or, and then you got to pay to take it down, put put it in the in the water, take it off the trailer, put it back on, wash it off, bring it home, and it's just uh, doesn't make you really want to use it all that much. Or. You just walk down to the harbor, step on the boat, it's full of gas, it's uh, clean, it's got everything on it, and you just turn the key and drive away, and you come back and throw them the key, and you go home and, and have a little bit of refreshment and relax. Which do you want to do, Frank? Yeah, well, you know what I do. I'm a proud member of the club. Yeah. Well, anyway, Andrew, give us a quick idea about what that club is. So, yeah, like you guys said, it's a, we are the hassle-free alternative to boat ownership. That's what Freedom Boat Club is. So instead of going out and buying a boat, you're basically giving us all the work. We're going to do all the tough stuff, and you're just going to have the fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One-time entry fee, then monthly dues, and you can use, we have an entire fleet of boats all across the country that you can use to fish, dive, cruise, whatever you're into. Now, am I correct that you know, the monthly fee, which isn't all that much, you can use that boat as much as you want? It's unlimited usage. Wow. Use as much as you'd like. Wow. Yeah. One thing we want to throw in there, you can call and reserve a boat for four times in any month so you know you have it on that day. Right. And I, or whatever you want to call it. But what I really want to talk about is our fishing tournament is coming up across California. Yeah. We've got uh, Olive Crest coming up uh, very soon and it's a great organization. Uh, it's an orphanage for children. They help um, take in kids that kind of have a troubled uh, family life and you know the hope is they can get them back to their families but it doesn't always happen and um, they're able to take care of the kids and they, they'll bring kids all the way up through college I mean they don't just kick them out at 18 they they, they really wow. help them so. not like the old days when you turned 17 you were out the door right I'm talking from experience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we w- did really good last year, right? Yeah, we won the tournament last year. There were about 50 boats involved. We had about five boats that we had members of ours driving. And then we have large sponsors such as Coca-Cola, Red Bull, um, Sanderson Farms, just to name a few, and they pay to go on the boats, and our members volunteer their time to take them out. Every boat uh, that's entered raises about $5,000 for this charity. So last year they raised $300,000 for this charity. And that helps a lot, a lot, a lot of kids. Right. ton of kids. Um, And uh, this year, Freedom Boat Club is the biggest year we're going to be our biggest uh, year involvement yet we're going to donate 10 boats 
for them to use. And from that, they've raised $65,000 for this organization. Whoa. That makes me very proud of our club and the guys that are volunteering their time to go out and do it. Uh, well, and that's, and you're one of those guys, Frank, so thank you. I know, well, but and, I always work with kids. You know that. Andrew, I have to ask a question. You're donating 10 boats. How many boats do you have? We have, between their two clubs in Los Angeles and Huntington Beach, we have 15 boats. Mm-hmm. So, and all the boats will be run by our members, and we've, we've kind of hand-selected some of our top fishermen. So, you know, it is all about the kids, but so does that, we still does, have that, does that, mean that competitive bone that is, you want to win. Is Frank in there? Frank's in there. I'm expecting him to bring home the gold. But are, is, is <laughs> I'm going to try. Is, 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 who I've got well, in the boat with me. Well, the question <laughs> is, is Frank one of the top fishermen? Yeah, I would say. Uh, you would say. Okay, Frank. Well, we have another guy that's really good that does the TV show, and we fish different, but we both love a good challenge. Yeah. He's going to have some stiff competition, though, because we've got um, – some of the guys, some of the top guys from the SWBA uh, syndicate, and they're coming in and they're fishing the tournament as well. Mm-hmm. So it's, well, it's give be us give us an a idea. Lot of, a lot of good guys. So the, 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 it sounds great what you're doing, but what is the tournament? The tournament's a saltwater bass tournament. Oh, yeah. So it's local bass. Uh, it's calico bass, uh, sand bass, and spotted bay bass. Those oh. are the three species that you're targeting. Hmm. Interesting. So it's an inshore tournament, goes for half the day, um, and then they have weigh-in around one forty-five in the afternoon, followed by a awards banquet. Hmm. No, oh, that sounds pretty cool, and it's they're a lot of fun because uh, uh, also Frank, you know, would probably do real well with that because I know that. Uh, uh, calico bass and, and, and the, the bass you're talking about respond very well to flies. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll be using conventional probably, but I will bring a couple of fly rods just in case they want to do a little of uh, the bottom for spotted bay bass. Last time we were out uh, in the bay, we only got one spotty. <laughs> that was a bad day. Yeah. Well, we're going to have, this is going to be 70 boats. I do remember uh, Frank was teaching me how to fly fish. So he was, he was <laughs> nice enough to take me under his wing and show me how to do it. So we've been well, out a few times. Uh, Andrew, we should probably say it a couple times, but what is the name of the tournament? The tournament is called the Olive Crest. Olive Crest. Yeah. Okay. The Olive Crest. Fishing Next. tournament. Olive Crest Fishing Tournament, 70 boats involved this year. So it's it's a very large event. It's televised. Um, and do do they have a number that people that want to volunteer or give uh, donations to uh, uh, the a best website way to do it would be yeah go to the Olive Crest uh, and um, go to their website. So it was it Olive Olive Crest? Olive Crest into Google and you'll they'll pull up their website. Oh okay, there, there you go. There I don't have go. it in front of me here. Yeah, all right. Well, that's easy enough. Yeah, just do that. Yeah. And I really want to thank you for volunteering all your boats for the tournament. You're a great it, guy to do that. And it's, I it's appreciate been so much it a lot. Well, thank you. I mean, it's it's been a blessing for us to find an organization that, 
that kind of we can help people and offer and share the love of fishing that we have and boating at the same time. So it just totally worked. And the well, members love it, too. They, they really run a first-class event. I mean, beautiful awards dinner afterwards. So. Well, Andrew, let's let's be a little bit fair because you're talking about now. Where does this t- takes place in uh, Southern California? But right. we have a lot of people out there that uh, don't happen to live in Southern California. But uh, as far as Freedom Boats, what is your distribution area? I mean, how where can they find you? So Freedom Boat Club, we we now have 160 locations. When I started the club here locally a couple years ago, we had 89. So we've almost doubled our size in the last three and a half years. And we're everywhere from, I mean, uh, San Francisco, we just opened up. We're up in Vancouver, uh, all across, you know, wherever on the West Coast. We're starting to fill out the West Coast, uh, Seattle, San Diego. And then if you go east, we have even more locations, Florida, Texas, Boston. Oh, I can imagine Florida. You probably have hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the panhandle, I mean, we're in the lakes. We're in New Mexico oh. now. So You're in where? Uh, New Mexico. Oh, okay. We're in Lake New Mexico. In Georgia. What, we're in what's, Texas. What's in New Mexico? Uh, Moha- uh, Lake Nahavi, oh. I believe. Um, so you've just got, if you pull up our, our website, freedomboatclub.com, yeah. click on locations, you get a complete list, and we're adding more all the time. Wow. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. All right. Well, get one up here. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's talking about moving up that way. There you go. Yeah. Okay, well. One thing I got to say real quick. We got to go, Frank. Make it quick. Okay. Okay. Uh, The people that work for you are top of the line, and they take care of you. They take all your stuff up and bring it all back. And if you do that, please give them a tip. They deserve it. Yeah, just pull Thank up. You. you don't even have to put your stuff on the boat. That's great. Okay, guys, uh, we're going to have to go. I appreciate that, Andrew, and good luck, and, and good job on raising all that money. And, uh, Frank, you hang in there. You are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to the website, fishhunttalkradio.com, and you can listen to the show over and over and over and over. I know she really missed the job that I gave her of cleaning all my fish. A few years ago, a sailor set out to design a boat shoe that was comfortable and stable, non-skid, and wouldn't mark the decks. Today, these incredibly comfortable shoes are worn by anglers, boaters, professional guides, and charter captains. Go to softscience.com to see more. Soft Science shoes and boots are lightweight and shock absorbent with just the right level of support. Several styles come in all sizes. Enjoy the Soft Science shoe in the water and out. Check them out at softscience.com. Used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, AFTCO makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says AFTCO, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through AFTCO. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for AFTCO at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. (coughs) 
enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan. And we also have, uh, hey, Frank, are you still there? I am always here. <laughs> you sound in, Maybe you sound, in, in you, body, not always in mind. Did, did, you take okay. an, did you take another pill? You're starting to get sound better all the time. He's uh, had some well, back problems. Well, starting to work on me, making the pain go away. Yeah. Oh, well, the first thing I wanted to talk about was our two trips. Okay. We have two people, two spaces left because they found another room for us. Well, you tell them a little bit about Well, it, we John? think we do. They, it might already be gone but if you listen to the show and you just uh, you know pick it up real quick but what Frank's talking about is to Clover Pass in Ketchikan uh, Alaska and it's uh, <laughs> you know Frank normally when you go to Alaska you figure about a thousand dollars a day well this trip is five nights four days fishing for 1850. And that's all, and I mean all-inclusive, all your meals, all your boats, all your bait, all your gear, uh, everything. So, you know, we like to do trips that, uh, you know, that people can, you know, enjoy and afford. And, yeah. And that's that's what we do. And then we also, well, that one, you know, if you if you get in touch with us right away, it may still be available, but it's sold out. Then we got one more room, so we're going to try and sell that out if, if it hasn't already gone. But get in touch. And if you missed that one, we got more stuff coming up, especially the East Cape. Now, the East Cape of Baja um, is generally the town of Los Bariles, and it's a little fishing village, a little, little tourist town, actually, but it is such a beautiful little place. There's, there's uh, no graffiti, there's no crime, there's no uh, timeshare people, there's no kids trying to, you know, sell you chiclets, <laughs> and uh, it's just, a, and it's clean. Now, it's just a small town, and you can walk pretty much anywhere in town from the resort. And on the resort is uh, the Bay of the Palms, uh, 
That's why they call it uh, the Palmas de Cortez. And the Bay of the Palms is about five miles of this beautiful, flat, sandy beach. And the boats are on, uh, they have these, uh, I guess, movable docks that they put out. And you just walk out in the morning and you step on your boat. And frequently within 100 yards from shore, you're catching fish. Or if they're farther out, then you go farther out. But it's just uh, just a really, and that time of the year that we're going down, the end of September, is the hottest time of the year for the fishing. You'll find uh, yellowtail, um, marlin, dorado, wahoo is really thick that time of the year. Yeah. And it's just, uh, um, just a great little trip. And how much is that worth, Frank? A couple thousand? Well, easy is twenty two hundred. Okay, how about eight hundred and fifty bucks? Ouch! Somebody's <laughs> yeah. losing out. Yeah. But anyway, that that includes uh, um, it's uh, four nights, uh, two days cruiser fishing, uh, two per room. Uh, but you know, there, there's going to be some additional costs. You got some food, and, and depending on what you want to do on your free day, but uh, it's still very, very affordable, and it's just a uh, just a a great place to go. And you know, it it doesn't have to be just guys, by the way, Frank. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, Mark. Our board operator is giving me the finger, which means that, no, it's not that finger. It means that it's, uh, we're, we're just about out of here. So One minute left. No, less than that. But anyway, Frank, uh, thank you for getting off your deathbed and helping us out. Uh, hey, always as long as I can set up, I'll do it. All right. Okay, you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com and um, listen to us as many times as you want. And we've got another show coming up uh, in the second hour pretty quick. So hopefully you get a tune into that also. Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan, where we're going to cast and blast you right out of this world with some of the best hunting and fishing stories that you can't even imagine. Welcome to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan in the studio, and I think we've got, uh, we, we got him? Frank. Frank, there you are, buddy. Frank's Hi. been, uh, we're just uh, checking in. He's He's had some pain issues, but he's suffering through it just for the cause. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am suffering through it here. That doesn't I'm sound good. I'm in a chair now. That doesn't sound good at all. But, uh, well, it helps. Yeah, they got you, you got you still all drugged up? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'm okay. Yeah. I won't go too far off track. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he kind of gets uh, uh, gets a little weird on us, it's that uh, high-powered painkillers he's got because he's got some uh, vertebrae problems. But, uh, God, it's a bitch getting old, isn't it, Frank? Yeah. Well, I've never considered myself old. <laughs> I know. I, I still think I'm a kid till I look in the mirror and I go, who the hell is that? 
<laughs> yeah, who's that in the mirror? Yeah. yeah. Well, some days I go, oh, I look okay, and other days I go, what the hell happened last night? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're about ready to get set for another hour. We're going to talk to uh, uh, our friend Mike, the RV butler. Yeah. Coming up, uh, Mike uh, Grimmett, the Alaskan RV butler. He's gonna. We're gonna see if we can sneak him on. Maybe, maybe a little bit earlier in the. In, in uh, actually, do we have him? Oh, okay. Anyway, so we're gonna be talking to him about Alaska. That's where he is right now. Yeah, uh, he's loving it. Yeah, the lucky dog. Yeah, you heard me too, Mike, didn't you? Uh, no, he's not. He's not there yet. Oh, okay. But uh, we're going to try and get him on. But anyway, we got about one minute, and then we're going to take a break and get right into him. Hopefully, okay. if anybody shows up, it's you know it's interesting doing the show because you know we make a lot of outbound calls, and if somebody doesn't answer the phone, then you you and I have to <laughs> make something up, right, Frank? Yeah, we always can mix it up. Yeah, but we were talking the the first hour about our trips, and uh, we'd like you to go to the website and then just go to Real Fun Adventures. We've got some great stuff coming up. Right now, we've got a break coming up. So, Frank, you hang in there, and we're going to be right back with Fish on Talk Radio. Go to fishontalkradio.com and listen to us. The soft science footbed absorbs the shock of pounding waves, engine vibration, and even rocky terrain. Soft Science shoes are roomy and relaxed, and they drain and dry quickly. Check out the Soft Science Fin fishing shoes and boots and the Fin H2O for kayaking and canoeing. They're lightweight, slip-resistant, and won't mark your deck. See the new styles for men and women and get your pair on at softscience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real Fun Adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real Fun Trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. If you are still using a plastic hard shell cooler, things have changed for the better. AO coolers are lighter with twice the efficiency of the traditional bulky coolers. AO coolers are the best available soft-sided cooler with three-quarter inch high-density closed-cell foam insulation. They will keep ice frozen for 24 hours in hot weather. Easy to carry, less space, it fits product inside for better performance. Go to aocoolers.com to order or find a retailer available at West Marine. The road stretches for miles in front of you, and with the Ram 1500, you'll be able to reach mile after open mile. It gets a best-in-class 25 miles per gallon highway, so your destination won't just be determined by your gas gauge, but by your gauge for achievement. And the Ram 1500 is the first-ever back-to-back motor trend truck of the year. Guts. Glory. Ram. See your local Ram dealer today for great deals. EPA estimated 25 MPG highway based on V6 4x2. 
Alaskan RV Butler. Guiding, fishing, hiking, sightseeing, adventure. The Alaskan RV Butler. Like a cruise on wheels in the comfort of an RV, view the wonders of Alaskan interior, streams, ocean, and wildlife. Or fish for the big one, all while pampered by Mike, the Alaskan RV Butler. Mike's inclusive tours serve butter-drenched shellfish and mouth-watering steaks. Mike is your personal chef, chauffeur, guide, and planner. And for the real Alaska, contact Mike RV Butler at gmail.com. That's Mike RV Butler at gmail.com. He's a great American fisherman. He'll fish anywhere. Anywhere there's water, Lord knows he'll be there. He's just like a gypsy, mighty hard to hold. Great American fisherman got fishing in his soul. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and this is Fish Hunt Talk Radio. And right now, we are, well, of course, we got Frank on the line with us, who's uh, managing to stay in there. Thank you, Frank. You're uh, welcome. Always pe- what, it's good when you have a good friend on the radio talking to each other. Yeah, and it's also good when you got some of those pain, strong pain pills that you got. Yeah, well, we better stop that, or the president will probably be listening in and hunting me down, <laughs> thinking I'm overdoing it. Yeah. Well, anyway, we have um, the RV Butler. Uh, we have Mike Grimmett, the Alaskan RV Butler, and well, uh, Mike, where are you right now? Right now, I'm in Anchorage, uh, heading down towards Sterling, where is my home base. I've been here for almost three weeks now. Really? And I can say one thing for sure, the salmon are in. <laughs> oh, we like oh, that. Yeah. We like that. Uh, when you say in, now you're out of Anchorage, and Anchorage isn't really, well, you, you're you not too far from the Kenai Peninsula. And not too that, far, yeah. but, there, but there is king salmon fishing in downtown Anchorage at Ship Creek. <laughs> yep. Really? There's a derby tomorrow. Wow. Now, in the comfort of your hotel, you can go fishing. Uh, this is in <laughs> freshwater? Yes. So these uh, they've stopped feeding, and you, what, do you snag them, or do you have to tease them, or what? No, no, they use different techniques. They use some floating salmon eggs, bobbers, um, different kinds of spinners. Uh, they're really just entering the freshwater. They, oh. they haven't been in there for very long. They're not turning color. They're great to eat. Uh, this is a, a very good fishery, and it's very little known because mm. everybody goes into the wilderness. Yeah. Well, you know, if you happen to get a couple of kings that, you know, you're not really sure what to do with, uh, stick <laughs> them in the freezer for me. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, we'll do something. You got it. But, uh, um, yeah, actually, I was up in the Inland Passage cruise when Frank took over for me. Was it last week, the week before? Yeah. I don't remember. Last week. But, uh, um you know, and just a, a couple of quick notes about uh, cruising the Inland Passage. You know, I I was invited to go. I wasn't all that excited because I've been to Alaska so many times, and I would rather be there than, you know, a quarter mile offshore looking at it. But, you know, if you've never done it before, it's, uh, you know, we stopped in uh, Ketchikan, of course, but not for very long, and Sitka and Juneau. And Glacier Bay, I was really impressed with that. It's the first time I'd been there. That's beautiful in there. Oh, yeah. 
All of Alaska is beautiful, but the real Alaska is on the interior. Yeah. I tell people come up, they a one-day cruise out of uh, Whittier with Major Marine. You'll see 26 glaciers, one within a quarter of a mile, sea lions, birds, maybe some whales for 150 bucks. Wow. And then you spend your rest of your time on the interior, the true Alaska, hiking, fishing, yeah. Kenai, the Kasilov, go down to Seldovia, nice little fishing village. Uh, that you have to take a water taxi to out of Homer, fly out trips to Bears, get into the real Alaska is, is, is my recommendation. Yeah. I mean, as I said, for the same amount of money you spend on a cruise ship, you know, you can see a lot uh, up close and it's real. Of course, you know, you don't, uh, you know, you don't get to go to the buffet every 20 minutes or two hours, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know if you're up there visiting with Mike, he's quite an accomplished chef, especially on the barbecue. I love to do uh, prime-graded steaks like you'd see at a Ruth's Chris or Morton Steakhouse, jumbo king crab, same with the lobsters and mm-hmm. the shrimps and the scallops. Uh, I spend about $50 a day wholesale on food for my customers. Wow. Hey, um, I, I hate to put people on the spot, but actually I love to do that, catch them off guard. <laughs> yeah, really off guard. <laughs> but give, it, give us one of your favorite recipes for king salmon, Mike. You know what? Just very, very simple. Um, I will sear the uh, the meat side first. Okay, mm-hmm. and so, I score so, the bottom of the skin so I can get the heat through the uh, through the skin a little bit better, mm-hmm. and uh, then I will turn it over and just smother it in a ton of butter. Yeah, and then I have a salmon rub, and I keep it very simple. Salmon is such a tasty fish; it's just you're really just trying to yeah. supplement the flavor that's already there. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't want to add too much stuff to it. That's one of my things that, you know, restaurants have a tendency to try and get carried away and make it look good and add all this, I don't want to say crap, but you know, basically <laughs> they put all this, all this stuff on it and you go, come on, man. Just I, I want the salmon. That's why I ordered it. But, Sauce uh, and gravy are designed to hide, you know, dryness, basically. Well, I don't like that's, that. oh, that's the the other tip is, um, you know, as as we know, uh, sashimi, salmon makes great sashimi. You don't have to cook it. But if you are going to cook it, you don't really want to cook it. You just want to warm it up. And yeah. if it's, uh, you know, if it starts to flake and the, the moisture comes out, you've ruined it. And you lost all the flavor. And it, I really like yeah. to undercook the fish just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. yeah and the another, other thing uh, I'll do is I will cut it into strips, uh-huh. kind of like a fajita strip. Yeah. If I'm out fishing till 10 or 11 o'clock at night, we still have to do dinner. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just uh, sear it in some garlic butter. It takes maybe 20 or 30 seconds total mm-hmm. uh, to cook it and without overdoing it. It could be fish tacos or it could just be plated with some other things. Uh, but sometimes the thickness of the fillet varies from the center to the side so greatly right. that it's hard to be consistent throughout. So I might uh, cut off some strips, and then when I do the fillet, have it the same thickness throughout. Well, a, a, a tip on, on that is that uh, you know when you when you grill it or whatever it is you're you're doing with it, um, it still should be you know warm in the center but not cooked and if you take it out and just cover it and let it set for a few minutes then it you know just kind of finishes finishes it off and you know without overcooking it yep no that's very good very good tip Mm -hmm. oh i got a ton of them 
<laughs> or you'll have to but, come up here and uh, we can share a few. <laughs> there you go. Uh, by the way, in addition to uh, salmon, what else are you catching in the in the uh, streams and rivers up there? Oh, well, you can catch Dolly Varden. Okay, it's not something that we target, uh, but it's something that you can find. Uh, uh, King salmon right now is the big run. Mm-hmm. Um, we're catching some sockeyes down in Seward at Resurrection Bay. I took some clients out. Hmm. They had limited time. They had to check out of the room at 11. We caught seven sockeye in about 20 minutes on the water. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, oh, yeah, it was right where the river meets the bay. It's an absolute uh, meat fest. Oh, it's a, generally yeah. a snag fishing, uh, but you can throw some vibrexes. Um, with that as well, but the snag fishing is the most efficient. Mm-hmm. The fish are running small, maybe two to four pounds. I'm also checking out just local area lakes. No one comes to Alaska to go lake fishing for you know for rainbow trout, but I get a lot of families that come up, and the kids don't necessarily have the age or the sophistication to be on a, a boat where they're trying to harvest 250-pound halibut. They get run over by the deckhand. Yeah. So I'm always looking for things for kids or people who don't have a lot of fishing experience, so Last week, went to Sports Lake in Soldotna. We caught 20 trout in about four hours. No, excuse me, 30. Threw back 20 and uh, kept our legal limit and had uh, fresh trout for dinner and then yeah. for breakfast the next day. Oh, yeah. Well, oh, and, and again, you yeah. can't mention the Kenai without the Kenai because the kings that uh, come out of the Kenai is actually there's a strain called the Kenai King. And all of the world records for size are from that strain. And they may come out of the Kenai River. They may, you might catch them a couple hundred miles away, but they're all the same Kenai River strain. I believe it's around 104-ish pounds is the record going back about 30 years. Ooh, well, yeah. <laughs> That's a big Ooh. fish. That's, that's a lot <laughs> I, uh, of salmon, yeah. I took a trip to to Seldovia. It's a, yeah. not really an island. It's just a it's a location, a village. It's been only accessed for water taxi out of Homer. And the kings were not in yet in any big numbers. We just saw one, but you literally get off the ferry. You walk two blocks, and there's a bridge. And you fish from the top of the bridge, you see the salmon. If you catch one, you drag it to the edge, and some local yeah. volunteers with a net yeah. go down and, and, and get Grab it for you so you don't have to step down off the bridge. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's great. Anyway, we're, we're just about out of it, but uh, a website for you. www.com. TheAlaskanRVButler.com. TheAlaskanRVButler.com. And, That's correct. And you are the RV Butler. Uh, it's a great concept that you've got there with going up and exploring the, the real Alaska from uh, the comfort of a motorhome. So my, I like to call it a mobile lodge. Mobile lodge. There you go. Because we go where the fish are. We're not stuck in one location. Okay. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate that very much. Talk to you real soon. You are listening to Fish on Talk Radio, and we'll be going to be back, hopefully. There's a chance that if I hurry, I can beg her to stay. The East Cape of Baja, Mexico is world famous for sport fishing. Dorado, tuna, wahoo, marlin, sailfish, roosterfish, and parco. The Van Warmer Resorts make dreams come true at a price all can afford. Hotel Palmas de Cortez, Playa del Sol, and Hotel Punta Colorado have the biggest and best sport fishing fleet in all of Mexico. Call toll-free to 877-777-TUNA to find out how affordable world-class fishing can be. The finest resorts and the best boats in East Cape. Call 877-777-TUNA. Vagabundos del 
Noir Boat and Travel Club has 42 years experience introducing RVers to the joys of Mexico. Specializing in Baja, Vagabundos leads caravans and sponsors fishing tournaments, trailer boat cruises, and weekend getaways in Mexico and the West. Vagabundos Del Mar also saves its 10,000 members tons of money on low-cost auto insurance. Stay up to date on Mexican travel with the printed newsletter online at vagabundos.com or call 800-474-BAJA. Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com and start getting your packages every month. This is John and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. You can't catch fish. 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 I got a little story about a city boy that came to Wisconsin up from Illinois so he can enter. The big fish contest, it's a thousand bucks cash for the biggest and the best, but I told him. Guy, you're making a mistake. You don't stand a chance catching fish on the slate, cause hey, you can pray you want to wish. But let me tell you something, guy, you can't fish. I told you there, guy. Can't catch fish. What do you think you're doing? Can't catch fish. For Christ's sake. You can't catch fish. Go back to Illinois, hey. Can't catch fish. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. Right, Frank, let's uh, we're, let's get back into it. You, all right, you are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. This is John Hennigan, and uh, we're just kind of scrambling around here, talking to people on the phone, and see who answers and see who doesn't. But uh, Frank, we're going to get uh, um, Mike, the RV Butler, back on the line here real quick. I think, yeah. and yeah. talk some more about Alaska. Yeah, as uh, as, oh, as you know, because okay. you covered for me when I was on a cruise up there, and you know, we talked about it a little bit, but uh, uh, yes, I would recommend it. But I would what I would really recommend if someone wants to really see Alaska is uh, go to the Alaskan uh, uh, RV Butler, and we have Mike. Mike, are you there? Yes, sir. Okay. Give us a quick idea about your mobile lodge. Essentially, I pick people up at the airport with a fully stocked RV with the food they want. I spend about three to four hours in advance finding out their activities they're interested in, kind of meals they want, the kind of experience. I literally plan and execute the entire trip. I do the driving, the cooking, the laundry, the dishes, and at night, I sleep in a tent or a cabin so the customer has complete privacy 
in the evening. I have foot soaking tubs. I'm a cruise on wheels, but I'm the captain of the ship. But I'm also the person making your bed. I do it all because I want to have quality control. No employees, just me. Okay, and 14 years experience in sharing Alaska with me. Right, and the uh, motorhomes that you use, uh, you know, how big are they? How many people can you carry? Sure, good question. Uh, usually get a 32 footer. Uh, it's a bunkhouse RV. It'll sleep upwards to eight uh, because I'm in the motorhome driving. I can only take seven passengers. I recommend either four adults or a family of six or seven would be okay. But if it's just fishermen. Four guys, because there's four individual beds. They can all have their own bed. Uh huh. And th- that uh, now that's the way to see Alaska, where you you don't have to sleep uh, under the stars, uh, but you get to <laughs> but you get to go. You know, you know where the bears and the eagles and all that are. It's it's unbelievable. And you know, if you're like, for example, we're fishing down at a place I call McDonald's on Nash Road in Seward. You catch, let's say, uh, last two years ago, they, li- they limited it to uh, 12 fish a day, okay? So if they raise the limit in a place like that, why not stay another day? Or book a lodge or a hotel. There's no canceling. There's no refunds. They only have 100 days to make their money in Alaska. I'm mobile. I'm flexible. It's your trip. You want to hang out and spend another day? At most, I have a $45 expense at an RV park I reserve. That's it. So never tied in financially to have to stay anywhere or, or go anywhere. We can always change the plan on the fly. Wow. Yeah. Speaking on the fly, um, you know, you stopped by, I guess, gosh, it's been about a month ago, and we uh, found our our secret spot uh, and did some fly fishing. And, you know, for someone that's uh, not a, uh, well, Frank, of course, is the is the fly fishing guy, but uh, but you did okay, too. I appreciate yeah. that. I am uh, not an avid fly fisherman. I've done it, and I use a lot of fly rods, even just catching salmon. Not using the normal fly fishing technique, but it was very special to uh, to be there and uh, and to do that and share that day with you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you talk about fly fishing, a lot of people are intimidated because they think you, you know, you. <laughs> of course, if there's a tree within fifty yards, I can find it. <laughs> but uh, you know, you don't you don't have to be able to throw a fly a hundred feet. Uh, and when you're, especially when you're salmon fishing, I remember some years ago, I was up there with some friends of mine, and it was, uh, I guess we were in the Kenai. And we waded out into about, you know, 18 inches of water or so. And that uh, what, uh, you know, what you know, our, a guide, a friend of ours, um, was doing is he had a piece of orange yarn tied to a hook. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And not only do you have to have to throw it, I mean, these fish were swimming between your legs. So all you got to do is drop it in the water. Well, you have to floss them on the Kenai and the Russian. Normally you have two, uh, two split shots on the line as well, so you can get it down lower towards the bottom and yet still off the bottom. Uh-huh. And you're trying to actually have the fish as he's going, Hey, Henry, I'm really tired. And his mouth is open, and the line runs through the mouth, and you hook him through the back of the mouth yeah. on the outside. If you don't hook them there, you got to release them. It takes 48 hours unguided on a river to legally catch a salmon on the Kenai and Russian. Oh, wait a minute. It takes a little bit of skill. I, I'm not sure I understand what you just said. Um, 
In other words, um, it, it takes some practice. It, there's no law, but basically you got to spend your time to learn. Well, there is a law, and the law says that on the Kenai and the Russian, you have to snag the fish in the mouth. And so that line has to be at just the right depth. And if you're oh. you have good glasses, you can sight fish, and you can actually intentionally try to, to catch them that way. Otherwise, you're blind fishing and snagging, catch them in the back and the belly and the tail. You have to release that fish. Uh-huh. So while it's fly fishing, it's it's still snagging. It's, people oh. come to Alaska, they should expect a completely different type of skill sets necessary in order to catch fish. Uh, Frank, why don't you weigh in on this? Yeah, I can. Uh, fly fishing is probably one of the easiest things to learn, and salmon, for some reason, loves the large flies and stuff. But anyway, Mike, I, I guess the reason for that is they don't want uh, the fish to swallow the hook. Is that the idea? Yeah. No, I mean, in general, the fish aren't eating, but they, they will attack. Okay, they'll attack even, you know, a, um, a ball of, uh, of salmon eggs. Uh, but they might think it's also something broke loose from their nest and they're carrying it up the stream. But they're generally not eating once they get 40, 50 miles up the, uh, the river. Um, and so you're literally catching the fish as his mouth is opening and closing, and the line is kind of like a dental floss going in between the teeth. Uh-huh. And that's generally on the Kenai uh, the way that they're caught. doesn't mean that they won't hit a fly, but it's not as common as actually snagging them in the backside of the mouth. Mm. I'm still confused. <laughs> it, a lot of times the salmon will pick up a salmon egg from a different nest and try to put it in their nest. Oh, really? Really, I've seen that a hundred times, and uh, usually uh, you catch a lot more by floating the salmon eggs through the sockeye, so they'll grab a hold of it while you can set the hook. Yeah. They'll mouth it gentle. And uh, our motorhome chef knows that for a fact. He's probably done it a hundred (laughs) times. I... uh... I do a lot of snagging on the beach in Seward. I even caught a king, a 14-pound king, two years ago, five feet from the beach at what we call the culvert. It's a freshwater inlet outlet, and when the high tide comes in, the kings start to roll in. And in the meantime, they're just circling in the bay. They're right there. And so you can catch them on Vibrexes because they will hit those. They're still ocean no, you down. Say, you say Vibrex. What is a Vibrex? Just a uh, just like a lure with a treble hook and a spinner. Oh, okay. Okay, they have some other ones. Uh, Blue Fox that uh, yeah, look like yeah. salmon eggs with you right. know, like a big lure. Uh, right. Those are two common uh, techniques to use yeah, off the ocean mm-hmm. uh, near the culverts. Uh, there's about five or six locations that you can beach fish. So if you rented your own motor home, just look where the locals go, ask around at the hardware stores, etc., and they can get you fishing on your own. Um, and you can catch six sockeye uh, in the ocean, and you can catch uh, two kings. Hmm. Well, and that's so- all in the city of Seward. Yeah, sockeye is well. It's probably um, well. You know, what's interesting is salmon. Every salmon has two names. Uh, so, you know, the sockeye is also known as the red. But Correct. as far as uh, um, 
the uh, the taste. You know, they're they're dark red and they they just have a well, I wouldn't say a strong flavor, but it's just they are rich. different. They're it's rich, very rich. Yeah. yeah. And you know the kinks are you know you, you can normally a fillet you can tell you know what it is because the pinks are kind of pale and the silver is a little bit more red and the kinks of course are very red and then the the uh, sockeye or the reds are uh, are very dark red and very rich. But you don't really, I, uh, you don't really see them in restaurants and stuff too much. I had to throw back a couple of days ago, three ling caught over fifty pounds. Oh my Whoa. gosh. Yeah, I caught uh, seven fish altogether, three lings and four halibut. It was the, the halibut derby. I kept throwing the halibut back, looking for a bigger one. <laughs> and I caught and I caught the smallest one of the day at yeah. the very end. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you talk about Seward, you say Seward or Seward? What is it? Seward. Okay. Seward. But uh, I mean, you know, that's got to be the halibut capital of the world. This is just me, an observation. I went to Homer, and I saw chickens ranging from 10 to 20 pounds hanging all over the town. Mm-hmm. And then in Seward, I come in, and there's buckets of king salmon and halibut ranging from 30 to 190 pounds wow. on a consistent basis. Yeah, um, You have to go further out yeah. to get to the bigger fish. You're going to spend two hours coming and two hours going. Oh, But if you're looking... Okay, for a really nice edible halibut, 30 to 100 pounds, most of the vendors there are targeting fish that size. Mm-hmm. Okay. But a lot of the boats, especially the half-day boats out of Homer, from my perspective, while they do catch big fish, it's not as consistent as what you see in Seward. Yeah. Um, but you don't have to go as far out in the ocean either. Okay. Well, Mike, we're going to have to cut you loose. But, okay. uh, again, the website is... The www the Alaskan with an N the Alaskan RV Butler All right, oh, man, that sounds like so much fun. We're gonna have to do that. Uh, appreciate you hanging in there with us, Mike, and uh, we'll be hey, thanks for in having touch. Me. You are listening to Fish Hunt Talk Radio. Go to fishhunttalkradio.com and listen to us uh, right on the front page, uh, over and over again. You might learn something. Who knows? A few years ago, a sailor set out to design a boat shoe that was comfortable and stable, non-skid, and wouldn't mark the decks. Today, these incredibly comfortable shoes are worn by anglers, boaters, professional guides, and charter captains. Go to softscience.com to see more. Soft Science shoes and boots are lightweight and shock absorbent with just the right level of support. Several styles come in all sizes. Enjoy the Soft Science shoe in the water and out. Check them out at softscience.com. It's time for you to take a real fun adventure. Join a hosted fishing adventure to Alaska or Baja with the staff of Fish Talk Radio. Real fun adventures can book you on any adventure you desire. Bring your fishing friends or meet new ones. Fish Talk Radio gets the best deals from our sponsors to give you the best possible price. Real fun trips are inclusive, easy, no-worry packages to the most popular fish grounds. Trips start around $600. Go to reelfunadventures.com. 
Mystery Tackle Box is the most fun and affordable way to discover new lures every month. Select your target species and select your subscription length. Get your box delivered. Catch more fish. It's that easy. Offering fresh and salt water, we've partnered with Fish Talk to get you a great deal. Use the promo code FISHTALK for $10 off your first subscription. Mystery Tackle Box is the original monthly lure subscription service. In fact, we've been told that it feels like Christmas once a month, and you can get started for as little as 15 bucks a month. Go to mysterytacklebox.com today. That's mysterytacklebox.com, and start getting your packages every month. This is John, and I believe in Mystery Tackle Box. Go to mysterytacklebox.com, mention Fish Talk, get a special deal, and get the packages coming every month. You will be looking forward to it. If you think that'll help, you're in for a surprise, cause money. Can't buy school, you know the guys and me. We can catch a mad will against Shad Rat. You ain't no match. Fish are just something that you can't catch. For crying out loud, guy. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. You can't catch fish. Built a tug on the line and I didn't pay attention. Spinning I was staring at a 10-pound shiny bass When I tried to pull the fish inside I pulled a muscle in my upper thigh I was so scared I threw my rod up in the air Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and we're having so much fun. Man, we're talking about Alaska, and gosh, where, where all have we been? But uh, um, anyway, we have one of my favorite guests. And, you know, we've only got a 12-minute segment. He needs about 12 hours. This guy is, I've never met, talked to anybody that knows more about fishing uh, than Mike Stroll. He's called a fish whisperer. Uh, apparently, he talks to fish. <laughs> hey, uh, do they talk back to you, uh, Mike? Well, <clears throat> their response is by getting them on the line and bringing them in the boat. There you go. <laughs> you talk them into it. Here, fishy, fishy. Yeah. Well, no, in, in a way, I kind of trick them into biting a few, you know, there's a ways to trigger fish and when they're not biting. And well, let's let's start with, what do, you, what do you say we start with that? Give us some tricks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let's pick stripers, for example. Uh, when you're fishing out here in the summertime, you're Bite, best bite normally is going to be early in the morning and then in the evening after sunset. And you're, uh, you're, you're in Arizona, so that's what we're talking about. You know, daytime temperatures will reach 105, 110, while the morning's like in the 70s and the evening it cools down into the 90s. Oh, uh, cools down into the 90s, okay. <laughs> and it's down into the 90s, you know, so about midnight you're looking at about 85 or 86 degrees, and it's really pleasant because there's always a little breeze out there, but... Uh, during the daytime, uh, what we do is we, we look for stripers on ridges, underwater humps, places where there's water moving. Uh, right now, they're pumping out about 2,300 cubic feet uh, a second at the dam. So that creates currents along the uh, 
the different shells and uh, and channels. And so those fish kind of run up and down there because stripers really don't suspend well because of the way they're genetically made. So they need to either be moving or in current. So what you do is you look for places where you can ambush them. And, uh, you know, they're, they're already fed, so they're really not hungry. So what you try to do is trigger them with the different baits you use by making a presentation that flutters if you're throwing swim baits or if I'm trolling with a, a jerk bait on a Carolina rig, uh, I have a certain speed that I that I run the boat to get the action that I want on it for that time of the year, and then I can pulse it uh, because I have a trolling motor that syncs with uh, GPS. I can put it on a trail and run that trail and, and pulse it when I see the fish show up on the sonar hmm. uh, when that bait is in their area, and that, that'll have a tendency to trigger a bite when when they're not feeding. So those are just a couple of the things that you can do to trigger a bite on fish that are that are really not looking to feed at that time. Hmm. Well, just to change the subject a little bit, you talked about sonar, uh, mm-hmm. but how deep is the water that you're fishing in? Uh, well, Lake Pleasant is up to 270 feet. Oh, okay, okay. I was going to say, cause if, you're only, if, you're only, yeah, if you're only in you know, three or four feet of water, I couldn't imagine sonar would work too well. Most of the time when I'm after the stripers, I'm in 30 to 70 feet, sometimes as mm-hmm. deep as 100. Uh, depends on the time of the day. And on the morning, you're going to see them out chasing shad, even on a surface bite uh, early. And then... As the day progresses, they just move a little deeper in the water column. Um, so you just adjust your techniques and your baits uh, to the depth that the fish are at. Basically, when I go out on a guide trip, uh, let's say I'm doing an eight-hour trip, I've probably got six different rigs in the boat on, on uh, 12, 15 different rods uh, so that no matter where we're at at any given time, we have a bait that's going to be... Uh, one that the fish are going to be attracted to at that depth during that time of the day. So we're able to switch back and forth uh, until we find what's working. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the average size fish that uh, you hit on the stripers at the lake you're fishing right now? Uh, we're getting between 16 and 22-inch fish uh, that we're oh. keeping. Uh, we're throwing back fish that are, you know, 14, 15 and under. Um, just because of the fillet size and, and the number of fish we're catching. Uh, you know, normally, let's say we catch 28 fish that we keep, okay, we might have had 40, 50 fish on, and we threw back the ones <laughs> that were, were under that. Um, I had one plant that we had out. He was supposed to be on a six-hour trip. We had 68 fish in the boat at four hours and a half, and they were, they were tired. Yeah. So, that's it i'm done yeah wow yeah so you know and they said well you know we've had so much fun we're getting tired of cranking <laughs> and yeah. uh, i just kind of grinned because he was a client of mine when i first started off eight ten years ago and he's booked three or four trips with me and he wrote me the really a really nice uh, testimonial <laughs> gave me a five-star reading i just kind of chuckled because i know him real well he says, I didn't believe that each trip could get better, but every time I think you've done it, you top it. So I said, well, you you allow me to schedule it when I think the bite's going to be best in that time of the year. And it, it uh, you know, that always helps. Sometimes clients need to go at 8 o'clock in the morning or 7 in the morning on a certain day, and they're not that flexible. So, you know, we just try to, to set the trip up and the baits 
for the fish that are going to be available. To now, Mike, you, you started off the conversation earlier about how you trick fish into attacking uh, the lure of the bait. Uh, could, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, uh, fish, when they're uh, feeding, they're going to go after the weakest bait first in the school. If you're talking about shad, it's those those shad that are weak and they're sickly and they're not able to move as quickly as the other as a school. And so they'll they'll go after those first. Uh, so if you're presenting a kind of bait with any kind of flutter on it, it's a it's an instinct for them to go ahead and hit that. Sometimes it just triggers a response in them uh, that's pat- patterned into them naturally. Uh, you know, it's like you and I watching TV and our wives put our favorite snack on the table and we're watching the playoffs. Well, before too long, we're going to end up on that snack table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and kind of kind of comparison to what we try to do with the fish when the bite's not on, we want to try and give them a bait and present it in a way that's going to trigger a response from them. Uh, and present it in a way that means like making it flutter or what do you yeah, mean? It depends on the type of bait. If we're throwing a jerk bait or you're throwing a swim bait or you're throwing uh, cut anchovies, of course, live shad do everything for you. All you have to do is put them down there. But each bait has a way that you can present it and a speed that you can present it. You know, like in the, in the colder months, you don't want to throw a swim bait with a, a medium to fast retrieve because the fish aren't going to come after it. If you slow that retrieve down, put a little flutter on it, then it's in their strike zone. It's close enough to them with the sonars we have on, on my boat. We can see exactly where the fish are all around the boat. So, you know, if I see a school of fish at 7 o'clock, they're 14 feet down and they're 70 feet from the boat, we throw the, the bait out 100 feet, count it down into that depth, and then we fish it through the school. Hmm. So having quality sonar and having a trolling motor that you can lock in a place and has the ability to anchor on uh, GPS settings, just, you know, it, you don't have to mess with the boat. The boat's locked in place. All you're going to do is fish. Oh, so in other words, the, 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 the water is moving, and so you just adjust your uh, trolling speed just to stay in one spot. Yeah, once I locate these schools, I sit in the middle of them, put the trolling motor on lock, on anchor and it holds me there i don't have to mess with the trolling motor i'm watching the sonar to see where the fish are at and i'm directing the clients to cast in the direction where those fish are telling them how far to cast how far how long to let the bait go down and what speed to retrieve it through there well i I have a question you're talking about your sonar that you use uh Mm -hmm. normally you know sonar is like a cone uh where you go straight down yeah, I have, but, but I have side imaging and down imaging on it, so I can see out as far as two, three hundred feet on each side of the boat. Normally, so, I so want to look it, at eighty to hundred feet so, on each side of the boat. Was that side scanning uh, sonar? Is yeah. that what it is? Yeah, we got side Gen three side scan touchscreen, and so if you see a dis- fish on the display, you just touch that fish, and it shows you exactly where it is in relationship to the boat, whether it's under the boat, left, right of the boat, how far is it away from the boat, and what depth it is. Hmm. So you can you can isolate the fish and know exactly where to throw your bait and, and know exactly what depth they're at. But hardly, that hardly even sounds fair. Well, <laughs> what's <laughs> fair in this day and age? Yeah, a lot of sites don't. Yeah, Mike, for, just, for some reason your voice is fading in and out. I don't know what it is, but uh, let's see if we can try and stay close. Okay, is that better? Oh, much better, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, with that kind of technology, the biggest problem is locating the fish. Then we start looking at what can we do to trigger these fish, uh, you know, if they're not in, in the feeding mode at that time. And so the depth they're at and the time of day tells me what to throw. Uh, you know, I have two or three choices uh, for each of the different depths. And I've got normally, if, like I say, five or four, five, six different baits tied on for the, each trip, whether it be a four-hour trip or an eight-hour trip. I've got the baits that I think I'm going to use that day, and I have set up in the boat in the order I'm going to present them. Hmm. Well, so, you know, if... if Plan A doesn't work. There's Plan B. Yeah. That's why they call him the fish whisperer. Yeah. He has every angle covered before he even starts on the motor to go out. Well. That shows a sign of a really good guide. I uh, I watch the weather reports, and I look at the status of all the lakes, especially that I fish or I'm fishing that week. I look at them every morning and every evening to see if they're filling or draining. That's going to tell me. One big factor. He always oh, yeah. lifted the, the flow, the flow, yeah. The wind, you know, directional change. Okay. Because well, jigger, we're, you know. uh, we're running out of time in this segment, Mike. Uh, okay. But uh, uh, I know you do guiding. Can you just real quickly give us contact information? Uh, yeah, fishingguidearizona.com. Okay, that's we'll easy. My website. Fishingguidearizona.com. Yeah, fishingguidearizona.com. That's awesome. If, if they so, want to call me direct, I can give you that number. Okay, now let's go to the website. We appreciate that very much. You are listening to Fish on Talk Radio. Go to fishontalkradio.com and listen in. The Soft Science footbed absorbs the shock of pounding waves, engine vibration, and even rocky terrain. Soft Science shoes are roomy and relaxed, and they drain and dry quickly. Check out the Soft Science Fin fishing shoes and boots and the Fin H2O for kayaking and canoeing. They're lightweight, slip-resistant, and won't mark your deck. See the new styles for men and women and get your pair on at softscience.com. Used by fishermen who know where to get the best fishing gear around, Aftco makes the highest quality fishing rod components worldwide. If it says Aftco, you know you have a quality rod. Guy Harvey Clothing, the best outdoor clothing line anywhere, is also available through Aftco. Longest lasting, functional, and best looking clothing you'll be proud to wear. Only the very best materials and workmanship. As soon as you put it on, you'll know the difference. Look for Aftco at quality retailers or go to AFTCO.com. Great news. You can now watch Grizz's shows wherever you are, whenever you want, on all your mobile devices. Download the Grizz Channel app today. Enjoy an adventure during that boring wait at the doctor's office. Or while you're sitting at the airport waiting for your next flight. Just go to your phone, tablet, or even Kindle app store or iTunes and download it today. And when you get home, you can watch The Grizz on your big screen on Roku. Catch The Grizz next adventure today. 
fishing, that's what I'll do. Think about nothing, not even you. Catch me a big one, the fine speckled trout. Slapping in the water, I pull it right out. Welcome back to Fish Talk Hunt Radio with John Hennigan. This is John Hennigan, and uh, we got Frank on the line with us. And God, we've had a good time, Frank. I mean, yeah, fish... I, well, I've had a really good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. But there's a couple things that we'd like to touch on, John, don't sure. you think? We have a lot of people out there listening to us. And sometimes we miss certain areas. So I think anybody that's listening to our show should email John or me, and we'll try to get a guide or a lodge in their area or where they're wanting to go and cover it for That's them. a great idea, Frank. So why don't you give our website out there and see how many people will give us a chance well, to help them. The, uh, you know, of course, for the radio show, it's uh, fishhunttalkradio.com. Or you can even go to fishtalkradio.com, but go to fishhuntradio.com. And I'm sure there's some place on there that you can get in touch with us. Um, but uh, it shouldn't be that difficult. And you have a phone number or an email or, or whatever it is you want. But, no, that's a great idea because, you know, we do try and cover the field uh, with fresh water, salt water, and, you know, different parts of the country. Sometimes we have a tendency to, to focus more on one area. But uh, Well, I don't know a host that doesn't do that once in a while. We have our favorite areas, and we love to fish, so we expect everybody should be able to get there, and a lot of us can't go to yeah. certain places. Yeah. But, you know, it's amazing, yeah, always is, Frank, is that virtually anywhere, I mean, we're so lucky with the national forests and, you know, the things that other countries don't have, but I don't think there's any place in the United States that you can't go within a, an hour or two and find a great fishing spot. Yeah. Anywhere. That's probably true. At least uh, two hours. <laughs> Mm-hmm. The, the, you can find a really good fishing spot in almost ever state. Mm-hmm. Well, in I some places, you don't have to even drive thirty minutes. There's yeah. so many streams. There you go. And uh, and of course, if you know, most of the population lives along the coast, either Atlantic or Pacific or the Gulf Coast. And there's you know, we we do have a tendency to spend uh, a lot of time in in saltwater, blue water, but. It's uh, it's easy to do because it's fun and it's exciting, um, and well, we we got a couple of trips coming up. One is uh, to uh, um, Ketchikan, Alaska, which I think is sold out. But get in touch with us; we might be able to find a spot for you. And then right now, we want to go to uh, in the end of September is to the East Cape of Baja, which is a little town called Los Bariles, which is about an hour north of the uh, Los Cabos Airport. And it is such a beautiful place, beautiful, a four or five-star resort. 
And that uh, the Bay of the Palms is about five miles of this most beautiful, flat, sandy beach you can ever imagine. And, it's, and the boats are right there. A lot of times you can sit there, have breakfast, and or just uh, uh, hang out in the infinity pool, and you watch people catching fish a few hundred yards from shore. And or you can fish right offshore, and it doesn't matter if you're bait casting, jig casting, fly fishing. You can always catch something there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just kind of throw, you know, cruise up and down the beach and get an ATV, and we'll get you set up with that. And you just cruise up and down and you know, sight fish and and just uh, throw a line in the water. There's all kinds of, you know, thing about the Sea of Cortez. You put in your line in the water, who knows what you're going to come up with? But it's that's, a lot of that's good stuff. true. Yeah. From Dorado to triggerfish to ladyfish, anything you can think of. There you go. And, of course, the marlin and wahoo and Dorado. But, anyway, it looks like we're about out of town. Well, <laughs> well, we're getting out of town. We're, we're about out of time. I think I'm taking some of those pain pills you are, Frank. Anyway, yeah. we appreciate you hanging in there. You are listening to Fish on Talk Radio. Go to the website. Listen to the show uh, as many times as you want. Get in touch with us. Tell us what you want. Thank you, Frank.